Welcome to the Strange Catholics Podcast. I'm your host, Phil, joined as always by Terry in Minnesota with me and Bob in Virginia. We are three distinct voices bringing varied perspectives on the church and the world into the conversation. We want you to join in the conversation. You can do so by going to anchor.fm forward slash strange Catholics and leaving a message there. You may also email us at strangecatholicspod at gmail.com. Please remember to rate this podcast on iTunes or wherever you're listening and share with one person. We used to gather around a table at Caribou Coffee. It's a coffee house in Minnesota in the Midwest. But now we gather virtually in hopes that these conversations will be a light for you as they are for us. Now, let us begin this week's conversation. Welcome to the Strange Catholics podcast and the Strange Catholics show. This week, we're going to talk about those that have maybe fallen away from their Catholic faith or are rediscovering their love for the Catholic faith. Our saint this week is St. Fidelius of Sigmaringen. To lead with opening prayer, let us begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we ask you to send down your Holy Spirit. Awaken within us the words you desire us to speak. Enkindle all of your faithful with the fire of your love. Help them to be a greater witness of the light and the good news of the resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And for that first cup of coffee, we're going to turn it over to Bob. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Doing really well. How about yourself, Bob? Yeah, I'm okay. Hey there, brother. Hey. Hey, you know, <clears throat> this week has been really, really hard, hasn't it? You know, Absolutely. Mass, mass shootings and getting There's ready. a lot of stuff going on. Yes. Especially up where you guys are yep. in Minnesota yep. with uh, the Brooklyn Center situation. Yep. And then the, the Chauvin trial coming to a end here in the next week and not knowing what's going to happen. Right. I will tell and, you that. And just one more. Now, as we're recording this, there's been another police shooting in Burnsville just this very evening. Uh, is, is, you know, lots how, of disturbance. I just, so, boy, you know, the Lord doesn't give us too much to deal with, you know, or we were capable of dealing with it. But boy, we're being tested now. We, we really feel like we're being tested as a, not only as a world, if you look and see what's happening in Myanmar and, uh, you know, in uh, Ukraine with Russian forces on the border. I mean, it's all over the place, right? Haiti. Yes. <clears throat> yes. Haiti. yes. Right. I mean, it's just everywhere. But let's just talk about the United States. Um, sorry to our international listeners, but let's just talk about the United States for a second. You know, we're founded uh, on one, you know, on a couple things. One, freedom, right? Freedom. And whether you take the Constitution the way it was written, is that verbatim or that it, that it, you know, somehow evolves as time goes on or something like that, it doesn't matter. It's still freedom. And that God's the center of it, right? So yes. we, you know, this is why we're God. We trust on our, you know, and uh, unalienable rights, and you know, God's everywhere as part of this wonderful nation. And God is freedom, right? Yep. But but we're being Amen. tested badly here, and and I know we're going to get into talking about people who have fell away from the church and and how they can get reconnected and how difficult that is, especially when something bad has happened to them. We just really have a couple of groups of people that are really driving our conversation right now. The one group would be the one that there doesn't seem to be accountability or there doesn't seem to be responsibility. They're, they, they don't seem to have any faith. They, the faith, uh, you know, is doesn't exist for them or it's gone for some reason or this type of thing. And, and, and I, I think it's the secularized world. And, and I think know, that's almost a religion of itself, you know, really. Right. You know, and, 
I, I don't want to get into the, there's certainly significant racial components in the discussion and, and what's been happening with the police shootings. But I'm just saying just in, in, in general, not just the police shootings, but the FedEx shooting in Indianapolis, other shootings that have been happening. I don't know what the number was. It was like 60 mass shootings in the last X amount of days or whatever that number was and, and so on. It's take the issues with not funding mental health effectively. Take the proliferation of guns, however you feel about that either way. I'm not opining on that. But it's it's part of the why are people, is it really just a mental health issue? Or where's that, where is that faith in the, that there's a higher power, that there's somebody they're accountable to, that there's something they're accountable to, that there's something bigger than them, that they believe in something, right? This is the, this is the problem that I've espoused for years that if God is not real, then this is what we get, right? People just doing whatever the heck they want, right? It's all about the individual then. It's not about us as a collective group. It's not about the world as, as God's children and, and trying to reach the promised land. <clears throat> so that's one group of people. The other group of people are the people who say they have faith. And, and these could be Catholic Christians. These could be other denominations. Evangelicals are very big in this, this uh, realm who say they have faith, who want to, ins- who, who, who are losing faith in our current situation, but want to somehow install faith back in, in a different way, but they don't understand how to do it. And this is where you get things like the insurrection at the Capitol. Those people were all like using clothing themselves in faith and in God in many ways to try to, you know, they were incorrectly using faith, right? And, and, and God. So, Those are the two kind of groups that are driving the conversation. And really what's happening is it's pulling our country apart. It really is. So you have people that have no faith and you have people that have a a certain view of faith that they want to install. And and I'm not saying that they're not somewhat correct in some of their aspersions, but on both sides, it's just it's just tearing at the fabric of our country right now. So I, I, so I put it on, on both sides. I really do. You know, what do you guys, am I way off base on this? No, and, I, and I, I've heard, and I don't, I think this was in uh, Chicago, might've been Illinois, but I don't quote me on that. And I don't have a link for the video, but there was a, uh, a member of a city that was uh, coming before the city council and saying, hey, the majority of us are law buying law-abiding citizens. So please don't just punish us because of this event or that event. But remember that we are all, the majority of people in our country are still law-abiding citizens. So, you know, part of it, part of what I think are the, you know, the break or the schism within our country is people that are starting to, you know, tear at those, I would say, tear at the edges, the fringes, right? and pulling the fringes further away where I think the majority of our country is still, you know, people that are following the laws, they're going to obey the laws. Um, you know, they're, they're not going to run out and, and, um, you know, go loot a store or whatever, but they also feel pain for what's going on in our country, right? There's still, they still have that compassion, even if they've fallen away from that central faith in God, they still have compassion on on fellow human beings and still see in some way or another the dignity of each human being. So I think although we have, you know, uh, we have some problems definitely rising to the top in our society, I think there's still enough, you know, the majority of people that, uh, you know, want to see want want to see some healing and some repair in our country and don't des- necessarily just want to tear it apart. Part of that, uh, I believe, really is the fuel of the fire 
of our media, and I'm not tr I'm not in any way, shape, or form trying to bash the media here. The media has their job, and that is to sell advertising, to present the news in a way that creates enough viewership so that they can ad advertise, because that's why news organizations are in business. They're not, a, they're really, in my opinion, they're not in business to report the news. They're in business to report the news in a way that creates higher ratings so that eventually they can charge more for advertising so that they continue can continue to broadcast the news. It's a business model. Uh, so I do believe that our news media is in a way saying, kind of like Chicken Little, the sky is falling. The world is, is really going to hell in a handbasket here. But like both of you have pointed out, it's really not as bad as it's being portrayed it just seems that way because that's the voice that we're hearing the most of. There have been times in our past, you know, even back in Jesus' time, where it seemed like the world was falling apart. It seemed like everything was just, you know, the world would not exist for one more year. But yet still here we are because we have that faith. We have that hope in God. And I do believe that if we come back to that faith and we turn to God, we can see that there is there is that hope and that there are a good number of people, good natured people out there willing to, you know, still follow the laws, follow church teaching and honor those around them as children created in the likeness and image of God and not anything less than that. That's all I have to say. I think it's okay to rip the news media. I'll, I will rip three of them right now. CNN, as I saw something today on CNN, that was basically just like these editorial comments weaved within the news about guns and gun violence that, okay to make the editorial comment, but just don't weave it into at the same time you're doing news to make it look like that's a factual statement because it was an editorial comment. Fox News for cherry picking whatever they think the conservative base wants to see and MSNBC for cherry picking whatever they think the liberal base wants to see. All three of them are guilty among other that are, are even farther out on the right and the left. Okay. I, I think I have faith that we'll get through this. The, the biggest problem is the group that we belong to, which is basically the middle or like the, Hey, the, the more of the silent majority, even though we have a podcast that go, you know, we got jobs. So we got to get up in the morning, right. And go to work. We're not going to protest. Okay. We are the majority, but we ignore some of those other things that are going on. And that means that the people that get heard are the people that are looting or the people yep. that are crying out for social justice in Minneapolis or Brooklyn Center, and rightfully so, right? Some, I mean, and I think Absolutely. that we need to listen to that. I mean, we might not agree with the, all the reforms they want, but maybe, maybe there is some place for reform. Who knows? Right. The other problem. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I think so often, just because of our twenty-four-seven news, is that we we immediately jump to a conclusion and we don't wait for the investigation to take place. Um, and and I think that's just part of the, you know, a symptom of our 24 seven, you know, internet connected everything so that we just jump on whatever. We don't always wait to see and understand the full breadth of what happened. And sometimes, you know, people jump to the wrong conclusions and you very rarely will see, you know, see the correction, right? You, you hear the, the, what you hear the, the loudest voice, right? Like what you were talking about, but you don't see the correction of, oh, you know, actually we might've been wrong when we said this or said that there's usually not that kind of correction, at least not very often that I see. I will lift up after saying what we said about the media, I will lift up the media 
in that they they can also present the positive side of some of these stories as well. And I will uh, especially call out, uh, I won't say them by name, the local w, uh, CBS affiliate uh, here in uh, in Minneapolis. You almost let it slip. I almost let it slip. I caught myself, caught myself. Um, they did do a great story about the people of Brooklyn Park coming together and at Bro- Brooklyn, Brooklyn Park Center. High School. Or Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Brooklyn Center. Center, excuse me. Um, I, actually, I believe, well, wherever the high school is in Brooklyn Park, Brooklyn Center, it's Park Center High School. Yes, it is. Um, it's in Brooklyn Park. Okay. So they are, those, all those folks are coming together and they are providing relief for those affected, the businesses, the the students, the people around that area that are being affected by the protests, by the looting, by the fact that their business is shut down because they they don't want their business looted. So they've closed their doors and they are handing out food and they are handing out um, basic supplies to help these folks get through. So kudos to that television station for also presenting that story as well. So to wrap this up, really the moral of this is God's got to be at the center of what we're doing here and and has to be involved in these conversations. When we take God out of it, when there's an absence of God, we get things like some of the social problems we're having today. And also, you know, on the left side and some of the issues we're having with civil disturbance and so on on the left side. But also we we have things on the right side where people saying, well, really, this is our God-given right. We're going to take the capital because we need to take our government back. They're just as deficient in not having God at the center of their uh, of their lives and their thinking because they're they're no different in this respect. So, but that's all I have for the double or triple shot of espresso. So. Let's move into the main topic. Thanks, so. Bob. And just a quick note, we're going to share a link for our idolatry episode because we talk, touched a lot of this on that episode when we place other things before God, which it can be done and is you know relatively easy to be done for the most part, because we, we let other things take the place of where God should be first and foremost. So our main topic so I had a beautiful conversation with a gentleman whose name I will not mention, but we connected over LinkedIn. And uh, as the conversation went on, he mentioned that he'd received all of his sacraments of initiation. And in after receiving confirmation, he just kind of shook a deuce and bounced out and never went to Mass again. And he noted that, um, you know, uh, some members of his family did the same. And that he just recently had a prompting within the last six months or so to kind of maybe even start diving into scripture and starting to be more open to what's, you know, the truths and our faith, our Catholic faith. So we had this this beautiful conversation about, you know, what what our faith is. Um, He also had some comments on some scripture passages or what what is this that's being referenced in a movie that he watched and, you know, how does that relate to the Last Supper and just some beautiful things that, you know, I was blessed the opportunity to be able to, you know, break some of that open for him so he could hear and understand that. And just in our gospel that kind of picks up from our readings for the third Sunday of Easter, we're coming right on the tail of the road to Emmaus. And it's a beautiful gospel to really open us up to how is God not only offering his peace, which is definitely needed in our words today, but how he makes this the our hearts burn in hearing his word and being fed with the Eucharist. So just quick, if you have fallen away from the church um, or you know someone that has and you or them feel a prompting, you know, oh, you know, maybe I should follow that. Don't quell that. Really be open to how the Holy Spirit's going to move within you. If you're you know, maybe, you know, oh, where do I start in the Bible? I don't, well, 
as we've mentioned before, we'll give Father Mike Schmidt some free pub here. He has a beautiful podcast. It's called Bible in a Year, and I highly recommend if you've never really dove deeply into that beautiful uh, gift that we have of Holy Scripture, dive into that. And that's a great way to start. We'll have some links for his podcast. Maybe it's been a while since, as you're coming into the church, you haven't been to confession in a while, and you're like, well, what do I need to do? We will link to a really good examination of conscience so that you can make that good and complete confession and then be restored and go and receive our Lord in the Eucharist. But another part of this conversation um, that I thought was really important is, you know, how do we use the gifts that God has given us to bring that mercy, right? Instead of, oh, you know, instead of bringing that condemning voice and tone that can happen, instead, bring that love, that mercy, that excitement for a soul opening up to how God is moving in their lives, reflecting on and realizing these gifts that we've all been given. And I think that's a huge part of what, uh, you know, we can be open to how the Spirit is moving within us, but maybe someone that's been away for a while, it's harder for them to recognize, but still God is still active there trying to bring them back. So, you know, I reflected on this beautiful encounter that I had. I took it to prayer for many days. Uh, I was really excited because I had another topic that we had planned, but I thought it's so important for those that have fallen away to just come back. Please come back. There's a beautiful site um, called Catholics Come Home, which I'll also link to, that is just full of people coming back to the church that were raised Catholic coming back. So me not being Catholic, but coming into the church, I, I was I was blessed in my blissful ignorance as a as a young adult, not knowing some of these things. So I got to encounter them for the first time. But I've seen the transformation of people when they, you know, when they uh, really re grow in a greater love for the faith that they had as a child, and they dive ever more deeply into the the truths that we have in the Catholic Church and you know, are ready to restore their life in that full communion with the Catholic Church, the transformation that happens. It's, praise God, because it is a beautiful way that we can, that we can see and witness to and ask them to share their great witness with so many, because that story is very powerful and is one that, I mean, I'm sure I know I'm not alone in that many people who receive that sacrament of confirmation, the the statistics are staggering, you know, they just fall away. Or they were just kind of going through the motions and then poof, they go away. And And I know this has been talked about before, but, you know, to go, you can't, of course, you can just go through the motion, receive the sacraments. That doesn't mean the sacraments are invalid. It just means the less open you are to receiving that grace, the less open you are for that grace to really work in your life. The graces are there as much as you allow them, right? Because if you're kind of shutting the door as God's trying to shower these graces upon you, well, of course, the Spirit's not going to be as alive within you. It's not going to animate you in the same way as someone who has fully committed and submitted themselves to, to Jesus Christ and his church. So the more that you can be open to receive every sacrament and receiving it with an open heart, free of stains of mortal sin, then the graces are just going to pour upon you and you will more readily recognize them. Where I think when, you know, when we're just kind of going through the motions, as maybe some people have done in the past, when we finally encounter the risen Christ in our lives, then then there's a real transformation. And that's part of that change, right? That metanoia, that repenting, right? That turning our lives back to Christ that we all do right? Because we're all fallen sinners. We all fall down. We're all in need of the peace of Christ, that peace that he offers us in our readings today, the peace that he's constantly offering us, and not the peace that the world gives, but the peace that only Jesus Christ can give. So I did not want to pontificate too long, but Terry, what do you have to say? (laughs) Well, first of all, I will lift up the fact that uh, this individual could not have found uh, a better person to help them break open the church and the word than somebody like you, Phil. Uh, 
I find I'm trying you... to not. I'm trying to be humble, Terry. Okay. <laughs> I'm just well, a humble am, servant of God. Right. But I am complimenting you because I find you just in our conversations while we were in school, since we started this podcast, to be a great resource. So I will lift that that talent, that that gift that God has given you up in you uh, for our listeners. No better person. Praise God. It's funny that you should mention talking about going through the motions of confirmation. We actually just had this discussion uh, on Divine Mercy Sunday with our two young ladies who were uh, received into received the first Eucharist and confirmation on Holy Saturday during the Easter Vigil, mm, and God. really trying to lift them up and and don't let that fire die within them. And I recalled my own confirmation as a sophomore in high school. To be quite honest with you, it, it wasn't as powerful and meaningful as it is for me today, looking back on that event. Um, I do remember probably the only thing that I really remember from my confirmation, other than receiving the gifts of the Holy Spirit, is the fact that earlier in the day, and this will date me somewhat, uh, earlier in the day, the United States Olympic hockey team took the gold medal in the 1980 Olympics. And that was the main message of Bishop uh spelts's homily that day so i mean you remember the homily that's remarkable i remember the homily because it was such an an incredible feat of of you know the the u.s winning the gold medal when you know they weren't even expected to do as well to really go back phil and and to talk to our listeners if you you know reassuring them of God's love. Something I even preached about today in in my homily is that um, God is always there and God will always take you back and is waiting there with open arms for you to come back home. Whether that's, whether you're a Catholic, because this is a Catholic podcast, so obviously we lift up the Roman Catholic Church with this podcast, but if you're of a different faith tradition and you've fallen away from that faith tradition, you're listening to our podcast right now, God has welcomed you with open arms to, to whatever church you want to be a part of. But you can come into the Catholic church. RCIA is a great program. Absolutely. Absolutely. Having worked with it multiple years, I would totally agree. Hey, uh, sure. Strange Catholic podcast trivia. Who did the United States beat to win the gold medal in 1980? And where was it at? Lake Placid, New York. Mm-hmm. Yep. And who did they beat? Finland. They did. That's correct. Ha! The gray matter still works. Yes. Well, I mean, it <laughs> is you. one of the, for, for a certain generation, it's like probably the most pivotal, one of the one most of- pivotal sports events. Yeah, it's one of those, you remember where you were at when you heard about this. And plenty of Minnesotans on the team, too. Absolutely. Big, big day for Minnesotans. And, of course, our legendary coach, Herb Brooks, being the Olympic hockey coach at that time. You know, it's easy to fall away from the church. It really is easy. It's It's a lot easier to fall away from the church than to stay with it. it. It really is. You know, and this 100% is agree. And, right. And this is and this comes back to the fact that God didn't make it easy and it wasn't intended to be easy. I mean, sometimes we talk about it being a little easy to follow God. It's not easy. It's hard. And and that there's a point behind that. Right. It's it, it wasn't supposed to be easy. God could could have just easily made you all robots and made it easy, but that's not why, you know, it's a free will decision, right? It's, and having faith. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, it is difficult. And, and especially with all the other things we discussed in the first segment that can really 
shake our faith and 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 get us to think different things and believe different things. Um, and and the church itself at times has not helped with this, right? They they've done some things that have been less than noble, or folks within the church have done things. Humans within the church. Right. Like we talked about that on our, you'll see it on the YouTube part where we talked about it a little bit like of those things. So it's difficult, you know, and I, you know, this is where, um, you know, getting back to your roots, you know, why did I become Catholic? I went through RCIA in the 1990s. You really, and I actually, as I told you, when we were talking about the Bible, right? I said, this is exactly what the deacon said. I remember a lot of the instruction, right? So you go back to why you did that, okay? And and what was the reason? Now, if you did it for a reason that wasn't important, then you shouldn't have, you sh if you didn't believe it, then you shouldn't have went through with it. But, but most people do it because they want to do it. And you have to go back to that and remember and get back to your roots and the core as to why, okay? And then you need to meditate about that. You need to pray about that and so on. I just, you know, to me, I can't see not going to mass. I just can't. I just can't see not going to mass. If I don't go to mass in a given week, I feel like I am unfulfilled. And, and that's really, there are other things, but I think to me, that is the number one thing, right? If you don't go to mass, you feel unfulfilled, right? Yeah. Because you haven't been nourished by the Eucharist. You haven't been nourished by the word of God. You haven't all those other things. So. And um, you expressed those feelings quite well, too, in some of our earlier podcasts when churches were shut down because of the pandemic. Yeah, that just ticked me off, didn't it? Yeah, it just ticked me <laughs> off. You know, and I understand why, but I mean, it just really, it wasn't, you know, a time when we really needed that type of, we really right. needed that. Yeah. So I just Absolutely. think. It's just difficult to stay. It's just it's difficult to stay the course. It's it's not easy. It's like you know, it's not easy to be on a diet. It's not easy to do you know to get in shape. It's not easy to do a lot of things. Things are not simple. I mean, you know. Well, you, you and need, Jesus, Jesus didn't. Yeah, Jesus didn't promise that it would be easy, right? Right. It's not supposed the, to be. The, right? the road to hell is the easy and the wide one. You know, right. so it's a it's a narrow, hard road where we pick up our cross daily that leads to eternal life with God. So, I mean, he promised us that it wouldn't be easy and that what happened to him would happen to us and worse. So, you know, there's there's the good and the bad. Right. Yes, we can do even greater things than he did. In and through him. Right. As members of the body of Christ. But it also means we're also going to have many torments. Right. We're going to have worse things happen to us in the name of Christ because of our profession of faith. And I say a lot of people, especially in the United States or the Western world, let's just say the Western world, which I guess would include the Western Europeans, right? They think they've come to this view of, well, spirituality is an individual thing and it's, I'm a faithful person and I'm a good person, but I, that doesn't mean I need to go to church. And they're yeah. just, you know, they're just missing, missing the point here. They're just missing the deal. I mean, they really are. And, and, so. and I've even seen where people will, you know, Oh, I'm not going to go to church, but I'll raise my kids, you know, with the same things I was oh. taught as one going to church. It's like, well, yeah, but that's great. That. But, but as that, uh, you know, continues to erode for them and for their children, they're not even going to know. So, I mean, I understand, you know, I, I'm going to raise them the same way with the same morals. OK, but, you know, if you're not living by those morals, you're teaching them, then that doesn't mean anything. You know what I mean? There's no foundation to that. And it falls apart and it very quickly devolves. I've jacked up a couple of parents. I mean, and I probably shouldn't have, but I, I did. Where I said, hey, you know, I see you dropping your kid off, you know, but and then I don't see you at mass. Mm -hmm. I don't see you bringing him to mass. OK, what do you think? I mean, you you're trying to check this block 
you know, I want to give you the benefit of the doubt that you want a religious education for your child. But part of me thinks that you're just checking the block because you want to get them through the confirmation process to show the kid got confirmed for your mother or for your family or whatever it is. Right. But I can tell you right now, the kid's not going to go through with it because I don't have that influence over the child one Wednesday night or whenever I see the kid because they're seeing the modeling at home. Right. Yes. If the parents aren't engaged, I mean, the percentage of people that are active in their faith, if their parents were engaged, is like single digits, if I'm not mistaken. Now, it goes significantly up, especially if the father is engaged in his faith. So the majority of our listeners are men, so this is a call out to all you men out there. If you're you know, if you're not on fire for the faith or you have any questions, please reach out to us because we'd be happy to direct you to dive into an ever deeper relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ and his church. And this is a perfect way to end this because what we just said completely is why things in the first segment are failing. Amen. Because we're not doing that. Amen. Agreed. Agreed. Amen. 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 Great, great point, Bob. Amen. Double amen with an exclamation point. Let's take a break, and then we'll be back with a saint I can't pronounce the name. Good. All right. We'll be right back right after this. We're back, and we have a saint that probably most of you didn't even know it was a saint existed, but it, this will be very, very instructive because we're trying to bring you saints that, let's say, are just not less-known saints And Terry's got a really good uh, example of one this week. Take it away, Terry. All right. Thanks, Bob. And uh, I'm going to struggle with this, too. So so bear with me and uh, feel free to correct me if I am wrong here. St. Fidelius of Sigmaragin. Feast day is uh, April 24th. He is the patron saint of lawyers and the Congregation for the Evangelization of Peoples. It was said that if a poor man needed some clothing, Fidelius would offer to give the man the clothes right off of his back. Complete generosity to others characterized this saint's life. In fact, he was nicknamed the poor man's lawyer. He was born in 1577 in Prussia, which is now modern-day Germany. His father, Johannes, or John, Ray, was burgomaster of the town that they lived in. Fidelius, the name who took the name Mark in baptism, he was fortunately endowed both by nature and by grace, so that while he progressed in learning, he made still a greater progress in virtue and in piety. He established himself as a lawyer and took only those cases that upheld the cause of those who were poor and oppressed. His modesty, meekness, and chastity, and all other virtues charmed all that had the happiness of his acquaintance. In 1604, three young men of that country on their travels through the principal parts of Europe were accompanied by St. Fidelius. During six years, which he continued in this employment, He never ceased to instill in those young men who he was traveling with the most heroic and tender sentiments of piety. He attended mass very frequently. In every town that they came to, he visited the hospitals and the churches, passed several hours on his knees in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament, and was generous to the poor, sometimes giving them Again, the very clothes off of his back. In 1611, he returned to Friedberg to take the doctorate in canon and civil law and at once began to practice as an advocate. But the open corruption which found place in the law courts determined him to relinquish that profession and to enter into the church. He was ordained a priest the following year and immediately afterwards was received into the order, the orders of the Friars Minor of the Capuchin Reform at Freeburg, joining his brother George. He took the name Fidelius, the Latin word for faithful, 
alluding to that text from the book of Revelation, which promises a crown of life to him who shall continue faithful to the end. From the beginning of his apostolic career, he was untiring in his efforts to convert heretics, nor did he confine his efforts in this direction to the pulpit, but he also used his pen. He wrote many pamphlets against Calvinism and Zwinglianism through he, uh, through he would never put his name to writing. Fidelius was a guardian of the community at Feldkirk when in 1621 he was appointed to undertake the mission in the country of the Grishans with the purpose of bringing back that district to the Catholic faith. The people there had almost gone all over to Calvinism, owing partly to the ignorance of the priests and their lack of zeal. People claimed his best results came from the hours spent in prayer late at night. It was a dangerous mission. The people in revolt against the Catholic Church hated anyone connected with it. But Fidelius put his life in the hands of God. Throughout the winter, Fidelius labored tirelessly and with such success that the heretic preachers were seriously alarmed and set themselves to inflame the people against him by representing that his mission was political rather than religious and that he was preparing the way for the subjugation of the country by the Austrians. In fact, some of the local Protestants claimed that he was a spy for the Austrian emperor. On the 24th of April in 1622, he made his confession to his companion with great compunction, said mass, and then preached at Gruk, a considerable borough. At the end of his sermon, which he delivered with more than ordinary fire, he stood silent. He foretold his death to several persons in the clearest terms and subscribed his last letters in this manner. Brother Fidelius, who will shortly be the food of worms. From Gruk, he was sent to preach at Sevis, where with great energy he exhorted the Catholics to constancy in the faith. A Calvinist, having discharged his musket at him in the church, the Catholics entreated him to leave this place. He answered that death was his gain and his joy, and that he was ready to lay down his life for God's cause. On his road back from that church, Fidelius was confronted along the road by Calvinist soldiers led by a minister. The soldiers knew exactly who was before them. They demanded that he abandon his faith. Fidelius answered, I was sent to rebuke you, not to embrace your heresy. The Catholic religion is, a, is the faith of all ages. I do not fear death. His skull was then cracked open with the butt of a sword, his body punctured with stabs, and his left leg hacked off in retribution for the numerous journeys he had made into Protestant territory. St. Fidelius died at the age of 45, 10 years after entering religious life. He was canonized by Pope Benedict Fourteenth in 1746. And that is St. Fidelius. St. Fidelius, pray for pray us. Pray for us. So for those that are watching us on YouTube, you get to see some icons of St. Fidelius, which you'll see the mark on his head for where his skull was cracked open and he's holding a sword. But So we're doing a little bit something different, uh, putting some icons up while uh, Terry's giving us that great saint spotlight. And, you know, reading and hearing about this saint, boy, this saint sure speaks to us in our in the topic we had and our conversation we had that we can't be, you know, lukewarm in our faith. We must be um, strong and in our faith and sharing that 
faith message with others. And have great zeal for our Catholic faith. Amen. Yeah, and he certainly didn't like Heinrich Swingley. No, absolutely not. Or Calvin. <laughs> or John Calvin. Right. <laughs> I, I didn't, I should have pre-read this to know that <laughs> we're actually going to have an Heinrich Swingley reference. <laughs> Wonderful. And the Zwinglians. Yeah. And the Zwinglians. Yes. We don't have a picture to put up on our YouTube channel of Heinrich Swingley, but you can, I'm sure you can find it. Go to any. Well, we don't want to promote him. No, 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 no. no. He was a radical Calvinist. <laughs> yes. Yes, he, he was. was. Okay. All right. Well, that was a wonderful uh, saint to, to cover, Terry. And thank you very much for that. Next week, I'll try to find one with even harder words in it. Thank you. <laughs> oh, it's like I'm doing it on purpose. I'm not. I would never admit that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> At least not openly, right? <laughs> no, not a, never on a podcast. All right. So it's come to this point of the podcast where we ask you to share with other people uh, this the wonderful podcast that we are that that you enjoy listening to. So please go on to uh, any podcast platform that you use to listen to us and rate us. We ask that you rate us as high as humanly possible. I think five is as humanly possible. But that you know what that does. I mean, you know, we know we we don't always give you a five, but I mean, you just heard from Terry's Saint Spotlight. I mean, that was a five star effort anyway oh yeah the effort uh, was all the way the effort was a five that's for sure and so we appreciate that and that helps other people find the podcast and makes us feel good about ourselves you know that we still have faith that we're doing the right thing um also i mean subscribe if you haven't subscribed i think we're at um so please uh subscribe or or share it with your friends and family and, and have them listen and subscribe. So we like that very much. Please leave us a comment. You can leave that on the podcast platform. May not be the best way, but there's an area there and, and please leave us some comments. Then everybody can see those comments, good or bad, you know, and we read those, uh, your prayer intentions, um, anything that you wanna share with us. There also is an email address that you can leave us remarks at as well. And it's at? StrangeCatholicsPod at gmail.com. You can also leave us a voice message at anchor.fm. And we ask, as we introduce this show as the Strange Catholic Show as well, that we now have a YouTube channel, which we'll leave a link to subscribe to as well, where you can watch the full unedited podcast. So you get to see it with no editing whatsoever for YouTube consumption. We'll see if that ends up being a good or a bad thing. Hopefully it pushes up how many subscriptions we have. We'll see if it starts taking away. Maybe we'll have to do some adjustments, but I don't think so. I think you'll love seeing us with our pre-show banter. And, uh, you know, I, I think you'll, I think it'll just be wonderful. So please check that out. All right. As we, uh, as we end our show, thanks so much for listening. Let's do our final prayer. and. I believe, Terry, you're doing final prayer, right? I am. I am. So, gentlemen, let's begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, you are our light, our hope, and our joy. Even when times seem dark and cloudy, you give us that guiding light. You give us hope, and we thank you for that. And we'd like to just pause for a moment here and thank you for this beautiful conversation among my two brothers tonight. Thank you for the joy that they bring to me in my life and, and the good humor we have evangelizing to all of you, our podcast listeners. And we just like to lift up in prayer now to you, O oh, Heavenly Father, these intentions for the protection of life from conception to natural death. For all those who are preparing for marriage, may the Holy Spirit open their hearts to the love of God as the center of their married lives. For Abby and her baby and all those who are pregnant or who are trying to become pregnant, 
May Jesus, the divine physician, protect those vessels of life and their babies. For all those who are suffering physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, may the Holy Spirit bring them light and healing and hope. For all world leaders, that they bring peace to our world. For all those who have suffered the sting of racism, may God be their guiding light. And for peace, for all those who have been affected by the violence and the protests, may this Psalm 122 be their anthem. For the peace of Jerusalem, I pray, may, may those who love you prosper. May peace be within your hearts, prosperity within your towers. For the sake of my brothers and friends, I say, peace be with you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I pray for your good. And we pray all these things through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the Father, and the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Look forward to talking with you all next week. And until then, love you, brothers. Love you, brothers. Love you, brothers. Thank you for listening to this episode of Strange Catholics. We hope that you enjoyed the conversation and it helps you dive into a deeper reflection and union with our Lord Jesus Christ. If you'd like to leave some feedback, please go to anchor.fm forward slash strange Catholics to leave a voice message, or you may also send us an email at strangecatholicspod at gmail.com. Links will be in the description. Please share this podcast and this episode with at least one person. This will help get the word out and get more people to join into the conversation. Please subscribe to this podcast and leave a review on iTunes or wherever you are listening to us. This really helps the podcast get traction and help even more people discover the peace, love, and mercy that our Lord offers and is longing to offer each and every one of us. Thank you again for listening. Have a glorious day. And may God bless you.